It's not the weight, but how you carry it. Welcome back to the Greatness Blueprint. I'm Luke Austin, and these past six weeks have been a real test of endurance for me. Juggling deadlines at work, managing personal relationships, and even trying to keep up with my own expectations. Every decision has been a battle, with pressure coming at me from every direction. I get over one hump to find another. And I know I'm not alone in feeling this way. We all face these moments where it feels like we're being pushed to our limits. And that's why I decided to make this episode about navigating life's pressures. How do we make tough decisions when it feels like stakes are higher than ever? How do we keep our cool when everything inside us is anything but calm? In today's episode, we're going to tackle these questions head on. I'll share some of my own stories and struggles that I've faced recently and some of the strategies that I've found helpful to help me get through those challenging times. So if you've been feeling the heat and wondering how to turn it down or even use it to your advantage, stick around. Let's figure it out together. Episode 25 of The Greatness Blueprint starts now. Today, we're diving into the world of pressure. That ever-present force that seems to follow us everywhere we go. It's the deadlines at work that keep us tossing and turning at night. The balancing act of family and friends, making sure they get the time they deserve. And the personal goals we're constantly chasing after. Whether it's proving yourself on a tough project, managing these relationships, or just trying to live up to your own expectations, pressure is always there. Nudging you and asking, how much more can you handle? These pressures come from everywhere. One day, it's a pile of work on your desk. Another day, it's making sure you're there for your family. And some days, it's just you being hard on yourself, being your own worst critic. I know I am to myself sometimes. And within these categories, there's all the everyday stuff, right? Meeting a deadline feels like you're sprinting to the finish. And sticking to that commitment, whether it's to the gym or something otherwise, can weigh heavily on you. Managing your budget, your finances, deciding on the right thing to do in your career or in a relationship, or figuring out how to smooth over after a disagreement with someone you love. Our bodies react to these pressures in ways that mirror our ancestors' responses to physical threats right? When we're stressed, our bodies switch to this fight or flight reaction mode, which is really a response to our original design for this immediate danger or threat, like coming face to face with a predator or trying to find your food. It was different then. With today's threats, it's a lot more like emails or public speaking. And these things, they aren't life-threatening, but our body reacts as if they are. It creates these stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and our body and our blood pressure skyrockets as it's preparing us for this action, which explains why your heart's pounding and racing and you have sweaty palms 
and you feel nervous going into these situations. Now, if you think about it, this was an ancient survival mechanism, but it's not really cut out for today's modern day stresses, right? Our bodies, while we've evolved in the things that we do, our bodies mechanisms to handle some of the stresses we face has not, right? So while we're at work, looking at work emails, we perceive it as a real threat to us, right? Puts us into this high alert mode and it's hard for us to get out of it. We're almost in this constant state of stress that wears us out, right? If you find yourself thinking about tomorrow's to-do lists, which happens to me all the time, it's a clear signal that it's time to step back and find a way to manage this stress more effectively. Recognizing the early signs of being overstressed is crucial. You know, when I feel my own stress levels climbing, it's, it's pretty noticeable within me. And, you know, one thing that I've been able to do is start to recognize as I get into these high pressure or high stress situations and slow down my breathing, right? So right before a presentation, I pause, I take a few deep breaths, take a slow inhale and breathe out, hold for a few seconds maybe. And this method is the same thing that I do with my five-year-old, right? She can be uh, on high alert at times. She can have these emotions that any five-year-old does. And as she goes through those, right, I sit down with her. I say, all right, all right, Logie, let's do, you know, three deep breaths. Breathe in with me. Breathe out. And we do that three times. If it can work for a five-year-old, to calm her down. It can work for you in any stressful situation you're facing, right? It really resets that stress response, that emotional response, quieting all those alarm bells inside of yourself and refocusing your mind on the present moment. And, you know, as I reflected on this, I gave a presentation a few days ago at work and a few minutes before I went up to, to present, you know, I was sitting up there in the front of the room. There was a few panels of presenters that were kind of going back to back to back. And for whatever reason, I was only talking for maybe three to five minutes. My heart was just pounding, pounding, right? And inside, I'm like trying to do deep breaths. Come on, calm down. It's okay. None of these people are even going to think about you tomorrow. But I was nervous. Got up there, did some deep breaths, gave my presentation, got to the end of the presentation. You know what's funny? You know, I went up to my colleagues and I said, you know what? I was really nervous. My heart was pounding out of my chest. And they're like, you know what? Me too. They were all feeling the same exact way. It's a good reminder that we're all fighting these similar battles internally. It's just about finding effective ways to cope. And when you put it out there and say, you know what? I was nervous. It makes other people feel like they can share the things that they're going through as well. And you know what? There are many different ways to manage stress. Deep breathing is just one of them. Some people find exercise or listening to music or stepping outside and going for a walk can be helpful. I personally deploy all of those in different scenarios, just depending on the day and the time and the availability I have to go do those things. So I'm curious to know what works best for you. Do you have a go-to strategy for calming yourself down under pressure? I'd love to hear you share your experiences whether on social media or otherwise, 
so we can help learn and grow together. And, you know, navigating these pressures at work and life is about recognizing when our body stress response is too high and taking steps to manage it. We might not always be able to eliminate these stress responses completely, right? We're still going to go through these moments. I've given so many presentations in my life, and you know what? Every single time, I have that same heart-pounding feeling. But you can work to cope with it as best as possible. This episode of The Greatness Blueprint is brought to you by me. My blood, sweat, and tears feel this podcast. If you have interest in being a sponsor on the show, you can reach out to me at my email at luke at greatness-blueprint.com. Would love to hear from you. And in the meantime, please like, subscribe so you never miss an episode. I want to make sure we continue to share all the things we talk about with the community. Thanks for tuning in. Now that we've explored a little bit of the nature of pressure and how our bodies react to it, and maybe some of the coping mechanisms that you can use to deploy and resolve some of that pressure under those stressful situations, especially around decision-making, I want to talk about some of the situations I've been facing recently and some of the pressure that I've been under, really that gave me the passion to shoot this episode, right? I've been going through something in my life that was very overwhelming as I was going through it. And, you know, as I do more and more podcast episodes, my goal is to be as authentic as possible. And I thought, what better way to talk about something than something I am, I experienced the first six weeks of 2024 and I'm still experiencing, right? I haven't gotten out of all of this yet, but you know, back in December of 2023, I went on a solo trip right up to a mountain cabin with the goal to map out the first quarter of the year, all the things I wanted to do around my personal and professional goals. I was very descriptive on the things I wanted to do. I even put together an action plan of the steps I would take every single week, who I would talk to, the things I would check off, which day I would do each thing because I'm balancing spending time with my daughter, all these health and wellness things that I want to continue to do. I had it all mapped out. And I should have known better, right? As soon as you map something out to that level of rigor, you know that it's going to, to fall apart. I returned to work in late December after taking a couple weeks off to find that one of the teams that I report, or one of the teams that reports to me, two of the team members had put in their notice, right? Two people. I thought, you know what? That's tough, but we can manage and quickly get two more people hired. You know, that's not a deal breaker. And I work in an accounting industry. So the end of the year is already kind of the busiest time of the year anyway. But I told the team, you said, you know what, I'm going to jump into the weeds and, you know, help cover all the extra work through this busy time of year. I still had the skills and I could still help the team get through that rough patch. And as I sat there late on a Friday evening, working hard on some of the tasks for that team, I was surprised by another employee right? Sitting there, kind of one of the last people in the office. He walks up. I'm putting in my notice. And honestly, I was shocked. And the pressure started to build in that moment. Right here I was late at work on a Friday. I had already sacrificed giving up time with my five-year-old daughter to help 
this team, I was going to stay and work late and do the things I needed to get them back into a steady place, giving up that, that precious time with my daughter. My mom was covering for me. And I had to sacrifice that time. And this put me on the verge of, on the verge of breaking down. You know, I stayed past 11 p.m. that night, continued to work, continued to think about, you know what, two people's one thing, three people's a lot more. How am I going to get through this? And I didn't sleep well that weekend. But I'm a person who is very determined. When I'm faced with a problem, I fix it. And sometimes at the detriment of myself where I try to play hero ball a little bit. But I was determined to get the shit back in order. I set up a meeting with the current manager of that team to outline my plan. And as I sat down with him, began speaking, he jumped in and said, you know what, I'm putting in my notice. And I sat there. Two people's one thing. Three people's, you know, getting a little bit tough. Four people. Damn. Damn. Four people in the course of three weeks had quit. Manager of the team being the latest. Complete and utter collapse of the team. And for me, nothing I could do other than bear the failure. Right? I, I could try to point fingers. I could try to find the how and the why this happened and why I felt so blindsided. But the reality is that uh, I missed the red flags. I let it get to a tipping point. So I scheduled a call with the team to break the news. Now down from nine team members to five remaining after this mass exodus. And I took ownership of it all. It's all I could do, right? Regardless of what caused it, I sat there probably as close to tears as I've ever been at this job. I owned up to it. I had failed. And I, in that moment, I made a personal commitment to them that I would stop at nothing to get them back to a steady state. I had to, right? I, at the end of the day, I'm the boss. I, I have to own that failure. The ownership starts and stops with me. I have to lead by example. So all that's to say, I had all these things planned out in December, right? A list of goals and plans for my personal and professional career. But you never see the curveballs until you do. And this put a halt to those plans, put a level of pressure on me to make decisions and sacrifices that I haven't felt in years. And, you know, I think I'm getting through the bulk of it. But, you know, just to give a little flavor, here's some of the things that I've been trying to balance throughout this first six, seven weeks of the year. Right, obviously this team, this team I'm talking about, is in crisis, right? And so I'm in a little bit of damage control mode where, right, they don't have a manager now, so I'm playing manager. They lost three analysts on the team, so I'm jumping and helping with some of the day-to-day support. Well, I'm also being tasked with taking on another team, which puts me at four teams, four global teams, right? That's a lot to manage. 
In addition, I also have a very large complex project that I've been running since last year, and it's finally starting to come to a head. That's taking a lot of technical in-the-weeds work, which when you don't have a lot of chaos happening is easy to do. When there's all this chaos happening, that deep work that you need in order to make a project work has been difficult to find. And so I'm struggling maintaining that. And the only way I've been able to do that is, you know, stay late after all the meetings and chaos subsides from the middle of the day. And so that's been tough. You know, family and home, if I look at the state of my house, like it's not as clean as I want it to be right now. That's a sacrifice that I've had to make in order to stay late at work and get some of the things done there that I needed to do to shore up this team. All the while, my daughter is in her transition period from kindergarten to first grade. And she's been going to the same school for the last three years, a Montessori preschool that has kindergarten. And so that was kind of on autopilot for a few years. But now we're making the transition into elementary school. And so here I am looking and researching all the elementary schools in town, making sure we get the best fit for her, balancing charter schools, private schools, public schools. What do we do? What's the location? Making sure that we get sign-off with her mom, right? Because we have a split household and we have to make sure that it works for both people. I can't make a decision in isolation there. And then, you know, working late and, and working late and having to sacrifice time with my daughter, right? Thank goodness for my mom. She helps me so much, but I had to lean on her a lot more than I would normally want to. And wellness and relationships, you know, I, over the last year, I've been on high alert with my health, right? I had the Achilles injury. I wanted to do everything I could to get back into pristine health. I stopped drinking alcohol. I've been going to the gym consistently for a long period of time. I've been focusing on spending more quality time with the people I care about. But that had to pause as well. Right, this podcast, another example. As I looked at my December goals, I wanted to ramp up to two episodes a week. But with everything going on, I've had to scale this back to an episode every maybe two to three weeks. Right, this creative outlet, this thing that I feel like is giving me purpose back into life, back into the life of others to talk about the things I've learned and hopefully share something that so, so someone else doesn't have to go through something similar or can relate, I've had to put that on pause. Personal relationships. I just couldn't give the time necessary to maintain some of those. And that weighed on me. And so I had to pause or completely end some of the connections I had. I completely forgot that I had a sauna membership. Some of these things that you just don't think about until you're just in the chaos. And look, I'm not trying to 
get sympathy from anyone. I know we're all going through similar things. I'm just highlighting that if you're going through something similar where you're trying to balance all of this stuff that's going on in your life, feels like the world is crashing down. Someone else is going through it too. It's going to be okay. But it is hard. You know, I'll never forget when the pressure came to a head. Right? I was sitting there at my desk. Actually, I was standing there at my standing desk. And I had just filled out six different applications to different elementary schools in town. And we were right at the due date. So I had to hand deliver all of them by the end of the day. I had an inbox full of unread messages. I had project deliverables that were due by the end of the day. And I had meetings from 8 to 5 o'clock on that day. Every single 30-minute or hour block was taken. And the pressure was, you know, about to break me, honestly. I felt like I just wanted to slam my fists on my desk and, and walk out in frustration and stress. But I didn't. I picked up my coat. I put on my beanie. Grabbed that stack of applications. And I went for a walk. Got some fresh air, some coffee. Settled down. I skipped a meeting to go deliver those elementary applications. I had to. Had to let something go. And then stayed late to get caught up on the emails and the project deliverables. It felt like the world was just collapsing on me in that moment. And now I got through it. Now it's just a memory. Now it's just something I can talk about and say, damn, that was shitty. That was tough. But I got through it. And if you're going through something similar, you can too. You know, you're going to be stressed, right? We're all going to be stressed. And you just have to analyze each situation to the best of your ability and try to make the best outcome you can. So up next, I want to talk a little bit about a framework that can help you as you're going through some of these tough decision-making situations. We've talked a little bit about the pressures we all face, right? I talked about your body's reaction to pressure, what's happening within your body. I talked about my own examples of things I've been struggling with lately and how I've gotten through some of those things. But what are practical ways that you can look at these tough decisions when you're under pressure and manage them without losing your cool? Right, so let's dive into some strategies and an analogy that I think helps tie it all together. First off, I think it's important to embrace this concept of failing fast, right? I think it's crucial. And you might look at it on the surface and say, oh, failing fast, it says fail. Like, no, it sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but it's okay to fail at certain things in a certain ways, right? Fail fast. Think about it when you're learning to ride a bike, right? In those early days, you're kind of wobbling on two wheels. You know, you're probably going to tumble to the ground. For me, I'll never forget a major crash into a evergreen juniper bush. And with each fall or scrape, it teaches us something important about the balance on the bike, 
right? How fast we need to pedal and, you know, how we can not tip over by steering correctly. Failing fast when you're learning to ride a bike isn't just learning, right? It's the only way you can get to mastery. With every attempt or fall, we learn and adjusted and got better at riding the bike. And then one day, we're just riding, right? We're not worrying about pedaling fast or balancing or tipping over. We're just off. Off in the distance at the very tip of our parents' sight. They're trying to trying to call us back to them. Um, but those failures aren't setbacks. They're just learnings as we work towards success. And I think this same principle applies to how we navigate pressure in our lives, right? Whether it's at work or in our personal lives or any other challenges we face, taking action, even if it leads to a failure, gives us invaluable data to learn and pivot and improve. I've been saying this word a lot lately, tinker. I don't know if I like it or not, but I'm going to keep saying it. Tinker till you make it. And I'm going to quote this because it's my own quote. But tinker till you make it. And the way that I think about this is continue to make small tweaks over and over and over again. Right? I think every time I've shot a podcast, I've done something slightly differently just to try something new. Maybe it's a little bit of a different camera angle. Maybe it's a different shirt. Maybe it's a different intro or a different flow or a different... uh, different way to introduce quotes. Tinker till you make it. Some things are going to work. Some things aren't. And that's okay. Another key strategy is reframing your perspective on failure. All right, failure is not the end of the line. And being honest with ourselves, acknowledging when we're wrong or don't have all the answers really opens the door for us to grow and learn. As we all face our own pressures, think back to that analogy of the bicycle, right? Each wobble or fall for us brings us closer to balance. It teaches us resilience, adaptability, and the courage to get back up and try again. The pressures of life, much like those in the early attempts of bike riding, are filled with potential tumbles. But it's through these experiences that we learn how to ride through life, how to navigate its turns, and how to keep moving forward, no matter how many times we fall. Navigating life's pressures requires more than just intuition, right? It demands more of a structured approach. And that's where my pressure pivot framework comes in. Developed from years of my own experience navigating both personal and professional decisions, this mental model acts as a guide, helping you assess your options based on your risk tolerance and the potential outcomes I've honestly relied on this approach for many years, more intuitively than not, and have finally put it down on paper with the hope that this will help you in your decision-making process. Right, so first, some basics of this framework. Think of it as a quadrant, right? And you have to look at the two axes first. On one side, you have risk tolerance, and this is gonna be your comfort level with taking chances, ranging from more of a conservative approach to more of an aggressive approach. Second, you're going to have outcome risk, right? This is the potential impact of the risks that you take, right? What could you lose? 
versus what could you gain? And so let's look at the framework in action. First is a low risk and low outcome risk. These are going to be simple decisions that have minimal consequences. Like, think trying a new recipe. Right? If you fail on a new recipe, it's terrible. Just order some pizza. You'll be just fine. Right? These are these small daily choices that keep us moving forward and really don't have a lot of impact to the direction of our life. Next is a little bit higher risk, right? You're being a little bit maybe more aggressive, but there's not a lot of outcome risk for this decision. So think more along the lines of experimentation. So think joining a new sports league, for example. Maybe you want to join a softball team. Maybe you're going to a new yoga class, right? Meeting new people. Maybe you don't like the instructor. Maybe you do. There's a little bit of potential downside, but... If something goes wrong, you can leave the sports team. You can find a new yoga instructor, right? Not a lot of downside. Next is, you know, low risk, but high outcome risk, right? You're being maybe a little bit conservative, but the outcome could be really good, right? So think of more calculated decisions, right? with significant potential rewards. And then finally, high risk, high outcome risk. These are the bold decisions, right? Where you understand that there is a great deal of risk and also a great deal of outcome risk, right? These are the bold decisions you have to make sometimes in life. Think of starting your own business, for example. You know that you're going to have to put some of your own money, your own credit on the line to start some of this business, to fund the business. You may have to leave the job that's comfortable to you. And it could fail. But there's the potential for significant payoff. So now you kind of understand how to look at the framework. I will provide a copy of this framework in the show notes so you can use it at any point in time. Would love your feedback on it. This is something that I've, again, thought about in my head and used practically in work and in my relationships before, but I've never put it down to paper. So I'm hoping that it adds value to you and would love your feedback. So the purpose of this framework really is to empower you, to help you kind of tailor your strategy based upon one, you know, where does your decision fall in terms of risk tolerance and what is the potential outcome, either positive or negative, if something does not go exactly as you planned, right? It's a tool to make more informed decisions based upon the different risk factors to strike a delicate balance looking at both the risk and reward. And look, it's not going to guarantee a mistake-free decision-making process. And you're not going to be able to say, you know what, I have this tough decision. Let me pull out this framework. I understand that. But as you start to think about it and put it into practice, your familiarity with the model will help prepare you as you get into those maybe challenging decisions and conversations to be more equipped to adjust your approach and capitalize on those opportunities. 
Last thing here, you know, I would say is perfection really isn't the goal. Each decision we make is more of a learning and growing process, just like riding our bike, right? We're going to have to make decisions within this framework or otherwise that we're not always going to know. We didn't know how to ride our bikes. We're not going to know how to make perfect decisions at first. We're going to have to continue to tinker until you make it. That's a wrap on today's episode about dealing with pressure and making tough decisions. We've looked at why we feel stress under pressure. I've talked about some of the real struggles I've faced with making decisions under pressure and some of the pressures we face in everyday life. And we've explored ways to manage all of it. I also introduced the pressure pivot framework to help us think clearly when we are under stress. The main point here, pressure is part of life, but we can handle it. This framework and the tips we've talked about today are real steps we can use to work through stress and make smarter choices, even when it's hard, even when it's unexpected. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, stay on your path, stay inspired, and above all, stay great. We'll see you soon.